I want us to go to begin with today over to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. And I hope that you would consider taking some notes or I guess this will be, what do you call that, Jordan, podcast? I'm trying to learn some of the lingo, you know, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So I want to talk to you today about praying the word into your life. We're going to talk a lot more in the future about praying in tongues, the purpose of that, and some different realms of the spirit you can get into. But right now I want to start by teaching you how to pray the word into your life. This is critical. Because God doesn't operate apart from His Word. He never has, He never will. So the sooner you get that, you know, cemented in your thinking, He's only responding to me because of the Word, not the way I comb my hair, not how much I make, not where I live, not the color of my skin, not my lack of education or abundance of it. There's a lot of people with a lot of money that are just total wrecks. Their marriages are falling apart, their children are, you know, in rehab and all kinds of stuff, just talking. But here in Mark 16, verse 20, just getting this started, so we're going to spend a little time on it today. It says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, or today with Dr. Jacobs here, and confirming the Word with signs following. So whatever I'm going to teach you about the Word in prayer, if you'll listen to me and begin to practice it, then God will confirm that in your life. He'll confirm the Word you're praying and saying to Him. Okay, now let's, so let me read one more time. They went forth and preached everywhere, including New Albany, Indiana, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Now let's go back to Jeremiah for just a minute. Jeremiah chapter 1. I think I want to read that out of the Amplified Bible because it's just so much better, that particular verse, I think. Uh, Jeremiah 1 and 12 Uh, from the King James Bible first, then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, I will hasten my word to perform it. But that's, you know, it's got some meaning, but it's lost a little bit in the translation. He says here, I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. See, God is wanting to perform His word in our life that we're praying and that we're saying. Are you listening? Yeah. So you've got to get in the Word and you've got to spend extra time in the Word to know these scriptures and then begin to pray them out of your mouth. See? And you can just say, Father, I thank you that you're performing your Word for me today. And then quote scripture. The Lord will deliver me from every evil work. How about that one? That's one of my favorites. And preserve me unto the heaven and kingdom or until, you know, He comes to get me. Okay, I want to read it again. He says, I am alert and active, God speaking to us, watching over my word to perform it. God wants to perform his word. He wants to make it come alive to you. He wants it to make it come alive inside of you. He wants it to be alive in your spirit, alive in your mind, and alive in your body. You know, the word can become flesh. John, John's Gospel 114, the word was Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we're seeing that. Now let's go back to Jeremiah, I mean Numbers 23 a minute. Numbers 23, I'm just laying a little foundation with you to get into what we really want to talk about. But the importance of the Word in our life cannot be overstated. You've got to know the Word. And I, you know, I spend a lot of time in it. I mean, I'm still spending time in it, of course. (laughs) I don't know every scripture in the Bible, by the way. I don't know everything about any subject. I'm smart enough and humble enough to tell you that. I know quite a bit about some subjects that I've studied for 40 years, but nonetheless, I don't know everything. But I know enough that God's moving in my life because of what I do know, and I keep at it and stay with it. Some, I didn't say it's always fun. I don't know why we humans, we think it's got to be fun. We have blowers, you know, whistles and hats on and <laughs> confetti. No, it just it's worthwhile. It's fulfilling to me to please my Father. 
well, you know, if you like it, fine. If you don't like it, fine. I, I'm going to please my father and he's not going to be pleased just because I'm doing a deal. He's going to be pleased because I'm on his word and I'm giving him the word back to him so he can do something for you and me and all of us. Okay, Numbers 23 and verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? So really this Bible is what God has said to us. You, you could think about it this way. God's word is God speaking to me. You need to take it personal. You know, the only people that succeed in life are people that do that. If you just take it generically, that's not going to help you. But if you take it, per- this is God speaking to me. And he said, I'm not a man that I should lie. I've had a lot of people lie to me in 40 some years. Oh my gosh. Now people say all kinds of things and very few ever come through with what they've said. So when somebody's like that, I put a premium on those people. You know, I'm not putting down everybody else. I'm not telling other people that they're a failure. I'm just looking at the ones that are honest and tell me what they're going to do and then do it. And then I say, wow, that's integrous. What a refreshing. But God is not like people. That's what I, that's what I want to say to you. God is not, he is in another realm. And what he says, he will make good. And what he says, he will do it. Or he's a liar. And then we're all going to hell. We might as well forget it. See, I'm just saying that to get your attention. We got to realize that God's integrous. He is standing on his word. The blood covenant, I think brother, Pastor Keith talked about that. And he swore such a covenant that if he ever breaks it, he's going to self-destruct. He's not about to break his word. His word is his oath. And he swore by this, this is what I'm going to do for you. Hallelujah. So it's important that we realize all this, that he's watching over his word to perform it, not generically, but specifically. You know, I ask people sometimes, I'm not being smart, Alec, but just listen. I've said to people, they say, I'm believing for this. I said, what are you standing on? And they go, uh, uh, and you get nervous. (laughs) And they go, uh, well, I, I don't know. I said, well, that's what you'll get. You don't know. You're not being specific. If you could just give me one scripture just like that, I would have said, maybe, perhaps you're believing God. But when you can't even bring one scripture up to tell me, you know, you don't have to tell me you're believing for anything, but people have tried to impress me before. And I say, okay, what scripture are you standing on for that? Well, I hadn't thought about that. Well, then how could you stand in faith? Because the Bible's called the word of faith. You're just pretending you're just a wishing and a hoping. And baby, that ain't coming to pass. Wishing and hoping doesn't come to pass. Only believing comes to pass. And you have to believe on the word, a specific scripture, at least one. It's better if you have two or three. But I mean, even just one would put you over for a given situation, perhaps. So we're talking about God honors his word in our prayer life. He honors that word. Father, you said... If two or more agree together, touching anything, they shall have what they say. Dr. Dufresne and I, everything I ever prayed with him, Dr. Dufresne and me, everything came to pass. Because he knew how to stand in faith, and I knew how to stand in faith. He was ahead of me spiritually. He, that's why he was my father and I was his son. That's why he was the mentor and I was the apprentice. But everything we agreed on came to pass. Everything. It was wonderful to have somebody to go to if I needed that. Hallelujah. Of course, my wife and I can agree too. But let's, let's go over here. Let's go over here a minute to, to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and get down into the kind of the nuts and bolts of this, this uh, teaching today. And I hope it becomes a way of life with you. And I'm not, when I say things like that, when somebody couldn't answer me, I'm not putting them down, but that's just, that's not reality when you can't give somebody a definite, definitive answer on something you're believing. Yes. You know, if you're believing for healing, you would either maybe 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I am healed. Or you could even say, you know, well, Dr. Jacobs or somebody else believed or laid hands on me and I believe I'm recovering. You know, that's a scripture. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, you know, anything, anything in the scriptures that you could definitively put your feet on and stand on that, 
That's what I'm talking about. You have to begin to do that. Okay. The importance, because God will honor His Word in your prayer life, in my prayer life too. Now, you don't realize I'm just talking right now about the Word. I'm gonna, maybe next week or I don't know soon, I'm going to talk about praying in tongues. I'm going to take you for a piece out there in that realm. But first I've got to make sure you're all filled with the Holy Ghost to do speak with tongues. And if you don't, I'll lay hands on you and God will fill you. So, but we, and the reason I'm teaching this is because I feel like as a church, we kind of have drifted away from that a little bit. Maybe not everybody here, but I, I guarantee you everybody, including me, could be more. We could do more in our prayer life if we knew more and if we practice that. Okay. So I used to have five prayer meetings a week when I started this church. Just, and that wasn't services. That was just prayer times. Had a prayer meeting with the men. Had a prayer meeting with the prayer intercessors and all that. Anyway, not bragging, just talking. John 15, verse 7 and 8 is a key to your prayer life from now until you go to heaven. So I would make that note in your notes that John 15, 7 and 8 is a key scripture for you to get in your heart. And it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. So he says here, if I abide in him, now that doesn't mean just go to church. <laughs> I mean, at best, we, you know, we have this service, the main service with everybody and the kids are taken care of in the other classrooms. But then we have a Wednesday night youth service and then you have life groups. And all of them are significant, but my point is, uh, you know, it's not just being involved in a life group and coming on Sunday morning that's going to put you over in life. It'll help you, and that's why we do it. And that was Jordan's thought, not mine, and he's, he's proven that it's working. And I appreciate that. So, uh, but you're going to have to abide in Him. You're going to have to stay close to Him. Remember Psalm 91, you don't need to turn there. He, that, he that's... He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And the Amphite says, a place that no foe can withstand. Talk about divine protection. Boy, that's it, baby. But you're going to have to dwell there with Him and be close to Him. You can't get mad at work and cuss somebody out and punch somebody in the nose or something like that. You can't do that. Or lie to your employer. You know, we just kind of have to get all this worked out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not accusing you of that, but I'm just saying, if I'm going to abide in him, I have to be conscious that I'm his child. And if I step over here in strife or get in an argument or contentious about something, it's going to cost me. So I have to be conscious that I don't want anything to disturb my faith. My faith is precious. That's what the Bible says. And it's holy. And that doesn't mean it's easily broken. It is the strongest thing in the universe, your faith. Nothing can break your faith but you. The devil can't break it. He'll try to mess you up and get you talk wrong. Then you you messed up your own faith life. But what I'm saying is faith is holy and precious. That's what the Bible calls faith. So if you abide in him, I'm going to, and to abide in him would be to abide in his word. You can't throw your Bible in the corner when you get home today at 2 o'clock and don't pick it up until next Sunday morning at 9.15 or 9.30 to drive up to church. That ain't going to work. You're not abiding in Him. You're abiding in the TV or recreation or whatever it is you do. I don't know. And of course, we do have to work. we got jobs. And we need to be faithful to that. And we have families. You've got children to raise. If you've got especially children in the home, they need attention and all that. And husbands and wives need to be husbands and wives and all that kind of stuff. You know, friends and lovers and all that that means. But if you abide in him and his words abide in you, that means I'm going to let that word prevail in my thinking. I'm not just going to quote it one time and then forget it. I've got to abide in those words. I've got to abide in him and his words have to abide in me, have to have their home in me, have to be precious to me that he said this. Okay. So if, I, if we abide in Him and my, His words abide in us, we'll ask what we will. Why could we do that? Because now we're on His wavelength. We're on His station, you might say. You know, because 
we have let the word get in us to where we are convinced that that's God's will for my life. His word is his will for my life. Think about, don't think about the word apart from his will. His word is his will for my life. And we're all individually different, but in some ways we're similar. We're all believers and we have to use our faith and we have to put his word in our prayer life and put his word in our mouth and speak the things that God has already said about us to have him respond to it. You ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. And he's talking about prayer fruit. In the context, he's talking about a petitional prayer where I'm asking God for something. There's all different kinds of prayers. There's a prayer of agreement. There's prayers of intercession and there's deeper things in intercession, travail and so forth and things like that. And there's praying in tongues or singing in tongues. There's all kinds of other things we'll talk about eventually, but I'm talking today about the word in your life. So I'm getting on those scriptures that reveal that to us. If I abide in him, I'm going to stay close to him. Not venture away from him. And then I'm going to put his word in me to live in me, abide in me, stay in me, have their home in me. His words have their home in me. Are you listening to me? And sometimes that takes time. You know, I'd rather have you take some time to go to scriptures like I'm giving you than to just try to read your Bible and check the box. Do you read your Bible this week? Check the box. No, that doesn't help you. But specifically, I'm talking about the word, putting the word into your prayer life. I'm going to get more specific in a minute, but I wanted you to see you're giving God much glory when you can ask for things and he responds. And when I say that, let's, let's get over this. We're not talking about just selfish prayers, just for me or just for you. God bless us for no more. That's a selfish prayer. You're not going to get very far in that. Now, let's t- listen, I don't pray about myself a whole lot anymore. I pray about other things, other people, other situations. You know, I've said this, I don't know how many times, when you get things lined out, when you get things lined out, they just are right and things just happen. Right. I'm not saying I don't ever pray for myself. I pray more in tongues for myself than any other way lately, the last 10 or 15 years. But nonetheless, I still pray the word. (laughs) And I'm trying to help you to see the importance of praying the word And then you'll bring glory to God and whatever you ask, it'll come to pass. But let's not think about it just in a closed setting like for me and my family and no more. Of course, I pray for my family. Our family's been through a lot of changes this year. That's all I'm going to say about that. And you have to be a big boy or a big girl if you're going to live on and stay with it. I made decisions long before my kids were ever born. I was going to stay with it. So, you know, just talking. Sometimes you never make a decision and everything in your family disrupts your whole life. Sometimes the littlest stuff just derails people. They come unglued. They come unwound. That's a, that's a poor way to live. But if you listen to me today and, the, and on the Sundays when I'm here, I'm going to be preaching through the end of the year and maybe into January. I don't know, maybe into February. I, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just listening to the Father right now. But if his words abide in me and I'm close to him, I abide in him, I'm going to ask what I will. And then I'm going to bring glory to God because God gets glory when I ask for things and they happen. For other people too. Are you listening to me? Okay. So this is the key scripture for a lot of things. let's, uh, Let's go over to John 17. Just a minute. I'll pick up two more verses about the word that I think is important. John 17, verse 8, Jesus speaking, I have given unto them the words which you gave me, and they have received them. So what I'm saying is Jesus said he gave us the words of Jesus that the Father gave him. And I'd like to say this just to stretch you out a little bit. Stay with me. In the book of Galatians, just read this later, the first chapter, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said... I didn't get this from man, the revelation I have. Paul said this. The the guy that wrote all the letters practically. He wrote Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians and Thessalonians and 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus and I believe Hebrews too. Whatever you believe doesn't matter to me. I just believe that it's the Bible. 
But anyway, my point is, he said he didn't get that from man. He got it from Jesus Christ personally. So really, I'm in the gospel. You understand what I'm saying? But you need to realize the gospel has some words that Father gave Jesus. But over in Paul's writings, Paul said he got it from Jesus too. So the letters are critical for your understanding. I'm going to get over there with you in just a minute. But I wanted to show you a couple of scriptures in John 17. The words that you gave me, Father, I gave them and they received them. I receive them. Do you receive them? Are you sure about it? Say, I receive them. Yeah, say it like you mean it. I receive them. Okay, that's better. Now let's go down to verse 14. And I'm just bringing this to your attention. I have given them thy word and the world hates them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You know, you can't fit in with all the worldly people, you know, fully when you're a word person because you're not fitting. You won't fit there. And I left several churches because of that. I couldn't fulfill the will of God in those settings. One time I was a youth pastor. I resigned. Had a good youth group. I mean, my God, God took us from three to 50 in one year. And I went in and told the pastor, I got to leave. And he said, you got to leave, man. You're flourishing. I said, no. And God told me, I had to leave. Where'd you go? I didn't go anywhere for a while. I was going to school. And I said, Lord, you put me in a fine predicament. What am I going to do? I was walking through Cherokee Park in Louisville, Kentucky. I had a New Testament in my back pocket. And he said, turn to Hebrews 11, read verse 8. It says, Abraham, God called Abraham to go out. He knew not where. And I said, okay, I'm with you. I don't know where I'm going, but you said that Abraham did the same thing. So here I am. And, you know, within about two weeks, I ended up pastoring a church and then I resigned that church later over some issues and left. And then went to another church and stayed there and built a good church. Then I left there because God was telling me to do these things. Hallelujah. Moving right along. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians now. We're going to get over in these letters a minute. And we're not near done, but we've only been preaching about 20 minutes. Ephesians chapter 1, and this is such a good prayer. I, I want you to see it. It's in, in these prayers in Ephesians and other, I'm, I've got several, but I'm just going to give you two, one in Ephesians, one in Colossians, that you ought to be praying uh, probably every day, I would say. And, uh, and you know, you could do this. You know, there's so many translations today. You could afford to buy an extra one. Maybe buy an Amplified Bible. I have about six Amplified Bibles, you know, in my library. I bought them and, and cut out things in them and put them in here and all kinds of stuff. You know, I just are creative. <laughs> and I've got about 35 or 40 translations in my library. But I don't use them all every day. But it's helpful to have uh, some other resource too, another Bible translation. But here in Ephesians 1, verse 16, Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. And that's, I would say that to you. I don't cease to give thanks for you as the church. Thank you for your encouragement. I'm praying for you every day, whatever level you're at. You know, if you just got saved last week or you've been in this a long time, just because you've been in a long time doesn't mean you know a lot. Depends on what you've done with what you've been taught. You know, like James says, don't be deceived thinking you heard that word so you're a doer. No, that doesn't equate to doing the word. You have to do the word of God or you're not a doer. You're, you're deceived. You're just a pretender. Because you go to a word church or whatever. Now be a word person. That means I'm going to get in the Bible and what the word says to me, I'm going to swallow it and take it to heart. Even if it corrects me, even if it spanks me really hard. I'm going to yield to it and I'm going to say, Father, you're right. And I'm, I'm going to straighten that up. Are you listening to me? So in verse 17, he says that the God, this is what I want you to pray. Make this a prayer that you pray every day, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. Now, revelation is something God reveals to you. You can read the scriptures and not, not get any revelation and it won't make anything to you. Just the words on the page. But I mean, when you get revelation, you should be praying for God to bring revelation to you about the knowledge of Jesus and who you are in Him. And what He is to you today. And what He's done for you already. See, learning those things make you change on the inside. 
I realized a long time ago, God wasn't going to do a thing about the devil. He's already did all he's going to do. It's up to me to do something about the devil in this planet. And I just took it on. I said, okay, let's, I'm throwing down on him. You know, I got in the word a little bit. I didn't just shoot my mouth off right away. But I did begin to say some things and I have authority over you. <laughs> and you better back up off me because I'm coming for you. You know, type of thing. And sometimes it took me a year to get, get in that to where it was becoming a revelation to me. And I could tell when the devil got scared of me. And I like him that way. If you only knew how scared he was that you're ever going to get this. His days are numbered. Depending on what you do with what I'm teaching you right now about your prayer life. Because you're not going to get very far in this just attending church. You're going to have to have a prayer life, a personal prayer life. I don't know why God just taught me to pray when I was real young. I was dumb. I didn't know a lot that I'm teaching you today. I just knew to pray. And I didn't pray in tongues back then. I wasn't in a church that taught that. So you don't get it when you're in a church that doesn't teach it. So you should be praying, verse 17, that you get a knowledge and a revelation from God. The eyes of your understanding, let me interpret that, the eyes of your inward man would get light, be enlightened. You know, the Bible says the entrance of his words giveth light. It lights you up on the inside and then you see things in a different way than you saw them before. Because you're starting to see by revelation what God has really done for you. You know, I've been saying this a long time. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Honey, there's no better, (laughs) there's only one seat higher than that and that's God Almighty. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Actually, I'm not seated with him. I'm in him. And he's in me. You're seated with him. You're in him. You're in Christ. And he's in you. The Bible teaches that in the letters. You don't find that in Leviticus or even the Gospel of John. All right. So then he says, so what is the, or excuse me, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling you? In other words, what is he calling you to do? You know, it don't mean that you have to be a missionary. You could be, but I'm not saying that. Or a preacher. But what is he calling you to do in the local church? What is he calling you to achieve in your lifetime? Hallelujah. Let me find my place here. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Whatever he's called you to do, that's the hope you have before you. I'm going to achieve that. I'm going to attain to that. I'm going to walk in that. I prayed for a little girl who had cerebral palsy the other day. Uh, Her father said she had brain damage. She was strapped to a wheelchair. But I'm believing someday I'm going to pray for somebody like that. And instantly they're going to jump up and start talking to me and be normal. (laughs) And she may be by now. I don't know. I haven't got a report yet. I was just in this church in Chicago and a lady came up to me serving food. She said, did I ever tell you about when you prayed for my niece? I said, lady, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't even know who you are. Well, I'm in this church and you came three years ago. You prayed for my knees. I said, well, what about it? She went like this. I said, what does this mean? She said, I was facing a double knee replacement. My knees were shot. They squeaked all the time. They hurt all the time. You prayed for my knees and God healed them. And I didn't, I went back to the doctor. I don't need new knee replacements. I said, did you write that down? No. Oh my gosh. I didn't do quite as exaggerated as him with you, but I started saying, I have paper downstairs on my tape table. You can get it's blank. All you got to do is write that out. Just in simple English. You don't have to write a thesis, just a paragraph. Two sentences would be enough. It's right here. I got it in my, right here it is. (laughs) And I got another lady here and I checked with the pastor and they said, yeah, that's confirmed. This lady had a daughter that was dying. Her lungs were messed up. I don't know the fullness of it, but she said she was in a service with me and I talked about that angel that's finger lit up and I ministered to some people up front and the daughter didn't respond to me. I don't know if she's backslidden or what. And the mother prayed, this lady of prayer, the pastor said, God just let that angel go back and heal my daughter. And he did. She's doing well today. Was dying. At just a percentage to even live back then. That's what the mother told me. And I checked with the pastor and said, that's right. So, hey. See, now I'm talking, that's some of my hope of my calling. As a minister, what I'm sharing with you now. All right. 
So, but you know, whatever it is that you want to achieve in the earth, whatever God has for you, if you'll pray this every day and meditate on it some, you know, God, what is the hope of my calling? What, what have you really called me to do? You know, you're a minister, whether you're in full-time ministry or not, you're a believer and you're part of the body of Christ and you should be talking to somebody about Jesus than what Jesus means to you in your personal life. And if you're not, I'd say, well, why not? If just, uh, you know, the group that's here today, you won one person to the Lord between now and next year, this church would double. If I ask you if you thought we gave you a good word, you'd all jump up and say amen, shake my hand. But that doesn't help just to shake my hand. It helps that we tell somebody else to come here and get them some knowledge and get them saved and get them filled and get them moving with God. Hallelujah. Okay. And so he says, what's hope my calling? And what is the riches of this glory that's my inheritance in the saints? In other words, there's glory in us, all of us. Paul said in another place in 2 Corinthians, you know, we have an earthen vessel, the glory in us, the glory's in us, the power, the presence of God is in us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The inheritance in the saints, that's us, the saints, the believers. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Notice that to us who believe. There's greatness in his power to us who believe. I went one time with Mike Rabel, this little town called Tuxpan in Mexico is known for witchcraft. And we were in a little teeny room. Boy, that room smelled bad. I don't know what was wrong with that. But it, I just remembered the smell of that was overwhelming. Bad smell. I don't know about people in it. It could have just been the sewer system, but, you know, it was terrible. There was about 17 people in this little teeny room, little teeny room. We were just butted up against next, uh, each other. And there was an old man sitting in the corner over here who had leaves on his head. And, and, I, and so I said to the group, I preached on redemptions by the blood of Jesus. Anybody need to get saved? I never forget. About a 17-year-old girl sitting right across from me went like that. And so I prayed with her, with Mike interpreting, Mike Rabel. He was just here. He speaks Spanish. He was in Mexico for 30 years. He knows all that. And so he, we led her to the Lord. And I said, now, how many want hands laid on them for healing? The whole, all 17 of them raised their hands. I said, what did you tell them? I said, he said, I told them what you said. I said, tell them again. They all raised their hands again. Let's start with the guy with the leaves on his head. He <laughs> intrigues me. I walked over and said, what's with the leaves? He's a 75-year-old man. He's, huh? Yeah, he had pig fat. Said I went to the witch doctor. She gave me these leaves and put pig fat on my head and stuck my, these leaves on my head. He might have been part of the smell that I was smelling. I don't know. <laughs> I said, well, the Lord tells me you rip those off your head and I'll lay hands on you and you will never have another migraine headache. He went to ripping them off. I laid hands on him, healed him. He lived almost to 90, Mike said, and he never had another headache. 75 to 90. See, he went to the witch doctor. You know, when people don't know God like we do, they go to the witch doctor. Oh, my goodness. So you want to find out what's the greatness of his power, the greatness of his power. And you begin to pray that. And, you know, you could you could just pray part of a verse maybe at one time in the day and meditate on that for a while and come back at lunchtime and pray another portion of it. Or you could pray it 15 times a day or 1,500 times a day. You can't overdose on the word. You know, it's not going to, you're not going to, you're going to be a junkie for God, but that's okay. Amen. Oh, man. Sometimes I line up some Hebrews. Oh, man. Woo. And Ephesians, right? No. Yeah. Because we're in Ephesians. But you should be praying this prayer every day so that you begin to understand what you're called to do and what's the greatness of his power. You know, the greatness of his power. What does the greatness of his power do up against leukemia? What does the greatness of his power do up, do up against demon possession? It does everything. Everything that's needed to be done. Gets people delivered. Gets people healed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I'm talking to you here. Got some good things to say to you. I got I to gotta move ahead. Let's go over to Colossians a minute. There's another prayer in Ephesians that's good, but I, I like this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Two verses. You could pray it on down through here. It's great. But these two verses particularly, normally I pray this over my partners every day and over myself. 
and my family. Verse 9, Colossians 1, 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. You know, if you did that for me, just think of what a better preacher I'd be. If everybody here prayed that every day for me and my family, what a better family we'd be as your leaders. And you know, we're at the tip of the spear, whether you believe it or not, it's just that way. Yes. You know, you can't take the heat and get out of the kitchen. But we are in the kitchen, me and my family. We're the tip of the spear, so we get a lot of friction being on the point end. So anyway, that I do not cease to pray for you to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Not natural understanding, but spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That when I read that, I always think about faith because I know faith pleases Him. And faith works by love, so love pleases Him. I, he's, I'm a product of love. You are too. The love of God's been shed abroad in our heart. Romans 5 and 5 says that. So we're walking to please Him, being fruitful. Listen to this. Being fruitful in every good work. Be fruitful as a grandpa. Be fruitful as a father. Be fruitful as a husband. Be fruitful as a minister. Be fruitful as a prophet. But that's what I'm called to do. And so it says here, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You can increase in the knowledge of God until you just get, you're just so full. <laughs> See what I'm saying? You just get so full. Now, you know, I had times when I went through trials and pressures and things. Oh, my goodness. I had a pain in my side for 14 years. It wouldn't go away. Then I met Dr. Dufresne. I'd been to doctor after doctor, hospital after hospital. I'd do all kinds of stuff to you that's embarrassing. You know, you drink stuff and they look at the top part, they shoot stuff up your back end, they put you on a table and x-ray all that. It's not very flattering. But when you hurt like I hurt, you, I didn't care what they did. In fact, I begged one guy to cut me open and get in there and look around because they weren't helping me. Okay, just I'm just telling you that because I just want you to know, you know, I just came, keep on going in my life. Just kept on going. Just kept moving. Does anything stop you? No. No. No, the miracle's in the moving. Staying with it. Well, you understand what I mean. I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm a joint heir with him. Did anything stop him? No, he let his life go from him for, for us. He gave his life for us. They couldn't take it from him. He laid it down for us. But because he laid his life down, I don't have to lay mine down to die. I have to lay mine down to serve him. How many of you are really listening to me? Did you get that last three or four sentences? <laughs> okay. I'm not bragging about how tough I am. I'm just saying I'm, a, I'm trying to be a word person the best I know. And then you could even go in, if you want to dare go into verse 11, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. Woo! Man, that, that just makes you want to swim. Woo! Pray these two prayers regularly, and then I'm going to give you the rest of the stuff I'm going to say today, okay? Yes. We're going to pray Ephesians 1, yes. 17 through 19, or you could start at verse 16. I mean, don't be skimpy, but <laughs> you could add a verse on either side if you want. Yes. Help yourself. Pass the taters back. I think I'll have some more, you know. Yes. Pay attention to me. There's five things here I realize that God would do about being a word person. Let's go to Isaiah 55. Look at this with me quickly. Isaiah 55. And what, when you pray the word, then I have a last scripture I'm going to give you and, uh, in just a minute too. But we're talking about five things here that the word will do for your life. Here it says, let's, let's begin Isaiah 55. Let's begin in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So I can tell from that I need to get my mind renewed. He says, my thoughts are not like you, Michael, and my ways are different than you, your ways without me. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now you've got to realize I've been in this uh, saved 1971, so 2021 would be 50 years. I've been in this a while, so I know some things. But I, I started out right where it said, his ways were totally foreign to me. His thoughts were totally foreign. Because I didn't have, I had a Bible when I met Diana, and I was just starting to read it and mark it. And I was at a drug party. 
I had a Bible in my, in my, in my uh, car. I got away from all the drugs eventually. Got away from all the other stuff eventually. Yeah, I was underlining stuff. She said, you read this? I said, I sure do. Well, you got it marked up. I said, yeah, that's important. That's why I marked it. <laughs> I was just saved from drug addiction about six months earlier when I met her. Okay. So it says, for as the rain comes down, now watch this, verse 10, and the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You know, that's what rain does. You know, if you looked at my yard where I live, it's brown because we haven't had any rain much to speak of. And some of my neighbors have watering systems on their yards and they look pretty decent. Mine doesn't look that way because we've had a drought, at least some way, somewhat of a drought here. But it says the rain comes down and the snow waters the earth, makes things bud, makes things come forth, makes things grow up. And it causes there to be seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. These are God's words that came out of his mouth through the prophet Isaiah. God's words said are like that, like the rain. And, you, and then he says, look at this. It'll not return unto me void. How's it returning? I'm speaking it back to you. I'm returning it. Father, you said no weapon formed against me will prosper. I believe it. I'm not yelling at God, but I want the devil to hear me. He's hard of hearing. I'm serious. And you say things like that based on the word. That's Isaiah 54, 17, what I just quoted. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You ought to begin to say that. Or 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18 there. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Nobody stood with me, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. And he said, I've been delivered from every evil work. And I'm being preserved under the heavenly kingdom until I go to heaven or he comes to get me, whichever comes first. Let's get back on verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void or empty, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You want to wonder why he sent his word. You ever wonder that? Let's go back here quickly to uh, Psalm 107. I think it is Psalms 107. Uh, and look here at verse 20. I'm just comparing that with what we just read in Isaiah because I want you to see what the Word says. He sent it to do something. Uh, Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent His Word and healed them. And it doesn't say He sent His Word to heal them. He sent His Word and it healed them. <laughs> okay, get that straight. And delivered them from their destructions. See, sometimes we get in a mess because we talk wrong, we live wrong, we do wrong, and then we don't repent, and then we're in a bunch of mess. We don't have to do that, though. We could take His Word. This is why He sent it. He sent His Word to heal me. Now, that's physical, but also mental, psychological, emotionally. Oh, my God. You don't even realize who you're, I'm talking to. You don't even know me. When I was a teenager, I'd, shoot, I'd just soon whip you as shake your hand. I was just mad at everybody, you know, because I had issues. Are you listening to me? I'm not mad at you today. I'm just talking to you here. But I had problems in my life. I was a very emotional kid, up and down and up and down and up and down. Because and, I'd been hurt. I didn't want anybody to hurt me again. I know none of you would fess up, but that's just me. It's where I was at. And I was up and down, up and down, up and down. And then way down and way up and way down. Part of the reason I became a drug addict. I thought I'd get away from the pain. It just further destroyed my life. Until yeah. <laughs> I'd lost a lot of weight, 80 pounds, and my mind was burned up with drug doses. I'm just talking to you here. <laughs> he sent his word to heal me. Yeah. I didn't just think physically. See, get that out of your mind. He's, he's going to heal you entirely, yes. financially mentally, emotionally. How many people have gotten, went through a divorce and then took that same trash into their next marriage and their next marriage and their next marriage? Oh my God. No wonder the world is a, such a mess. People don't ever get settled. They don't ever get delivered. They don't ever get healed. See, I'm not a very, I mean, I'm excited about Jesus, but that, you know, besides that, I'm not real excited. <laughs> okay? In His Word. I had to settle it within myself. I wasn't going to let people manipulate me. 
ever again. That doesn't mean I don't love people. I'm just not going to let people manipulate me. And so I settled some things. And my wife can tell you when she first met me, I was up and down and up and down. But I straightened that all out eventually with his help. Steady Eddie. I like that. I like being like I am. Now, I'm not bragging on me, but I don't like being like I was. Because if you say something hurt my feelings, I'd have to deal with all that. Now, if you say it, I just let it roll off. Or if you don't say nothing, I just let it roll off. Or if you do say something, I just, okay. Learn something from what I'm teaching you. A lot of people are healed physically, but mentally they're a mess inside or emotionally. Okay. So he sent his word to heal us. And we're returning his word to him by speaking it. Isaiah 55. Who's gonna, and it's not going to return unto him void or empty. It's going to return unto him in full power. Come on. Yes. <laughs> so I say, Lord, you're the strength of my life. And I pray to be strengthened with might. That was Old Testament scripture, Psalm 27.1. The Lord's strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? I'm not going to fear anything. Then Colossians 1, 11, strengthen me with all might according to your glorious power. Yes. Yeah. I'm praying that. And it goes, that's a new covenant prayer. I want to get over that new covenant, but I'm just sharing with you. Yes. So number one thing the word does, it guarantees results. Yeah. Guarantees results. I've had people tell, guarantee, I guarantee this. You know, I, one of the few things in my life in the ministry, 43 years, is the people that put in this sound system. They said it's going to be 80. I told him, I said, don't be junk. Don't be putting piecemeal in none of my sound equipment. I want you to rip it all out and start over. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. How much is that going to cost? $80,000. Done. Give me the document. And they messed up up here and they corrected it and they ate the, the fee to do that. I wasn't going to eat it. I didn't have to tell him that. He was honest. The guy was honest. He, he brought it in under 80 because he messed up. He returned the whatever it costs to refix something that they did wrong. That's the first time in my life in the ministry everybody's ever bid something that came in like that in 43 years. I'd say a lot of people are liars. That's what I'd say. Or takers. I'm going to get my part. I wasn't trying to get my part. I said, I don't want you to piecemeal this. I got other pastors under me. I'll give our equipment away that's good. And we did. We helped Pastor Randy. We helped some other pastors. I don't remember who took it. I didn't charge him a penny. I said, come look through it. Take what you want. $80,000. Hey, aren't you happy about it? I know you can hear me pretty good. <laughs> you don't seem very happy right now, but anyway. It guarantees results. The word is better than that guy that told me, I'm going to charge you 80 grand. I'm going to do it all. I said, everything. You're not going to come back in a week and say, it's 85 or 87 or 91. Nope. I said, okay, I'll sign that if you put it in print. And he did. Chad, you were there. Jordan, you were there. I don't remember. Amsie might have been there. I don't remember who was in that room. But I was in charge, so you know what I mean, with the guy to negotiate. And I didn't try to say, do it for 78. I said, 80, if you do what I ask you to do and you can do it for 80, I'll sign it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guarantees result. The Bible is even more truthful than that guy. And when he messed up, he, he ate that cost because he messed it up and took it out, you know, gave me that back, whatever it was. All right, number two, Romans 12, one and two. The Bible says, let me read it to you here. Romans 12. Let me find that. Uh, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, or the better translation will be, know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now see, that's where I'm trying to hit on in my life, the perfect will of God. I didn't say I was perfect, but I'm doing my best to get in the perfect will of God, to do exactly what He told me to do in the way He told me to do it. Anybody listening? You can live your life in the good will of God, but you'll have some issues because you're not in God's perfect will. When you get in God's perfect will, the supply is there, the security's there, the safety's there, everything's there. <laughs> but you're going to have to do what God told you to do without saying, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I tell you some of my hiccups, you know, when God asked me to share some of the visions 10 years ago, I said, I don't, I don't want to do that. And we got in a discussion. I wouldn't say an argument because he always wins. 
He doesn't have to win. I could argue it and just go ahead and die young. You know, when you get to know what I know, you can't just make those decisions and live on. Most of you are okay probably with a little liberality at your level. But when you get up in a certain realm and you say, I'm not going to do that. Well, then you're going to be in disobedience. You're going to become a big target for the devil. Because you just rebuked God when he told you to do something. You don't want to do it. And you're you're a problem. (laughs) You're a problem to the body of Christ. (laughs) See what I'm saying? Okay, I'm not being hard on you. I'm just talking. Number two, the word renews your mind. Remember we read in Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So I want my thoughts to get in agreement with him. And if I don't know what he thinks, then I'd have to renew my mind to that. I'd have to renew my mind that he wants me, like for example, to pay tithes. He wants me to travel. But right now I'm doing this because I'm helping Jordan and I'm helping this church. And I don't, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just talking. I can do this as long as I need to do it. Because I don't want to forfeit the church and I'm trying to help my son that needed some rest. All right, so, so you renew your mind. The Word renews your... This is all the things the Word does to you. It guarantees results. It renews your mind. Number three is Romans 10 and 17. Just turn back one page. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I like to say it this way, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And just about the time you think you've heard all that stuff, you've had it up to here, you better straighten up, buddy. You just got your shoes filled. That's all the level you're at. And hear it 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 and hear it. When I was struggling with that pain in my side for 14 years, I bought... T.L. Osborne's Healing Series. There was 16 or 32 cassette tapes in that series. I listened to one at a time, and I listened to them a lot of times. I listened to Gloria Copeland teach on healing. She, I read Bosworth's book on healing. I read Kenyon's book on healing. I read Brother Hagen's books on healing. Still wasn't healed yet, but I just, you wasn't going to stop me. I just kept on. Now, I told the story where I wanted to go home after three years of that. I was tired of feeling funky all the time. And God said, you're about to come home if you don't stop this, Michael. <laughs> he was kind of irritated with me right then. And I said, well, I'm going to have to get back with you. And I don't know if I want to stay or not. He said, well, you're getting close to coming up. Because you're being thinking more about heaven than you are staying here with your family. Jordan wasn't even born yet. He would have never been your pastor. Because I wouldn't have started that church. I wouldn't have been here. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, so I, finally I said to the Lord after I thought about it, I said, okay, I'm willing to stay. So I stayed, and it was another 11 years before I got healed, just to let you know. I know something about standing. And, you know, I'm, I'm not proud of that. I wish I could have said I got it. But, see, faith comes by hearing. So here's another thing the Word does. It builds your faith. When you hear yourself speak the Word back into your own hearing, you begin to build your own faith. I can build your faith to a level as a preacher my, my voice, as you're, you know, I'm not really a pastor, but you know, as a man of God, you get some faith off of me when I'm teaching you. But how much more you, when you say something out of your own mouth, into your own ears. See, God made us this way to believe what you say above anybody else. Yes. That's a uniqueness about a human being. And when you say things, it registers on your spirit eventually if you keep saying it enough. You may be turned a different way when you start saying it, but if you keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it, you'll become that. Just like people get in trouble and they say, I'm never going to get over this. Mm. Well, honey, you're never going to get over it if you keep saying that. Mm. Whatever that is. Mm. You ever heard anybody say that? I I just can't forgive that person. No, you're lying about it. Jesus Mm. said you could forgive everybody from your heart. Jesus said that. I didn't say it. He said it. So that says to me, I got to forgive everybody from my heart. You know, I had somebody pull a weapon on me one time. I swore I'd kill him if I ever saw him again on the planet. Told my wife when I married her, if I see so-and-so, I'm stopping the car and getting out. I'm going to take him out right there. Just so you know. (laughs) You serious? I was absolutely serious. Pull a weapon on me up in some woods. He could have shot me in the head. I'd been 
buried up there. Nobody ever found me. Actually, it was two guys had weapons. But anyway, one guy was supposedly my friend. And I remember I was at the Baptist church, Pastor Diane and I. We walked outside. We were holding hands on the sidewalk. And she almost fell out. And I said, you know, I forgive so-and-so. And she almost fell out on the sidewalk. I wasn't even Pentecostal. She wasn't even Pentecostal back then. She just Baptist. Baptist raised, Baptist something. Yeah, You know, you just got to forgive people. I know you don't, you don't feel like me sometimes about stuff like that, but there's probably some people you had a hard time forgiving, but you can forgive them. That's what I, and you got to build your faith. Here's something else the word does. Philippians 4, 6. Let me read that to you. I'm just about done. Philippians 4 and 6 says, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. I think the Amplified says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let your requests be made. So what it does, it keeps the answer before you. When you speak the word, it keeps the answer before you. Keeps the answers before you. And then I got two more scriptures here. The last thing it does, it refreshes you daily. 2 Corinthians 4 and 16. I'd like you to look over here with me. What did I do with that? Here it is. 2 Corinthians 4.16. I'm going to find it in my King James. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause we faint not, uh, though the outward man perish. It just means your outer shell gets older. You know, my hair started turning gray a little bit. I got wrinkles where I used to never have them. It says, uh, but the inward man is renewed day by day. He's not going to be renewed day by day if you're not talking the Word. Yes. <laughs> it's not an automatic thing. And then here's another translation of that. I taped it in the back of my Bible. It was so good. The Knox translation says, Our inner life, inner life, is refreshed from day to day. And the Phillips translation of that same verse, Every day the inward man receives fresh strength. Every day the inward man receives fresh strength. Every day the inward man receives receives fresh strength. Now, I don't wait till a tragedy happens in my family to figure that out. And if I have had some issues, which we have in the last year, I just say my inward man's receiving fresh strength, Father. Because if I don't have strength, how's my family going to have strength? I mean, I'm not responsible for everybody, but, you know, I am the patriarch of this family. You listening to me? Yes. Let's go to James 5 and I'm going to close with this. You get a little a tidbit out of this? James 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. James 5 and 15. Now, it, I will read something Brother Hagin said. I'm going to close with this. He says, many people have been praying for years and are in the same boat they were when they first started praying. I hope that's not true of you. Things haven't changed at all. Some people have been praying for 40 years and it seems they're no nearer to the answer now than when they first began praying 40 years earlier. I'm not telling, say, belittling prayer because prayer is important. I'm reading Brother Hagin. But prayer alone will not save you, your spirit, or heal your body. I, don't, I want you to get that. Prayer alone is not going to do it. But Prayer alone will not, okay. Some people have been praying all their lives and are still not saved. I prayed for years. I can't remember the first time I prayed as far as I know, Brother Hagin speaking. I've been praying all my life. I did not know any conscious moment of not praying. Yet in all those years of praying, I wasn't saved. Now I know exactly what I did to get saved because it took more than prayer to save me and it takes more than prayer to save you or to heal you. You see, some people imagine that if they get enough people to pray, God will answer them. That's not true. Many have prayed for years and received no answer. Well, there is a reason why. You see, if they had prayed in faith, they would have gotten an answer. And if they had prayed in faith, they wouldn't have prayed so long. So what does this say in James 5.15? And the prayer of faith shall, I'm going to give you the real word here, shall heal the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they've committed sins, they shall be forgiven them. So even sin wouldn't keep you out of receiving from God if you repent of it today, if you need it healed. Yes, 
See, you know, I don't know many people that think like him. That's why I follow him. Brother Hagin. <laughs> he's smart. He's a spiritual man, not just smart, but he's spiritual. So I'd like you to stand up with me if you, if you don't mind. And if you would like to be ministered to, I'll be glad to pray for you, minister to you, if you'll come up here real quick. Hallelujah. Because I can pray in faith. I'm not sick. My nose just running a little bit today, but I'm not sick. So don't get, I'm not going to give you cooties or whatever you think. Okay. Anybody don't need anybody need prayer? Okay. You're going to get a prayer cloth. Okay. What's this for? My grandmother, she got diagnosed with lung cancer. Okay. Father, we pray for grandma that she would be healed when this cloth is laid on her. We ask you to minister to her. We, I pray that anointing in my hands be transferred to this cloth. And when it's laid on grandma, the power will come out of the cloth and go into her body, destroy cancer, destroy any sickness or disease or any assignments of the adversary will have to leave. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I thank you for it. Amen. There you go. What do you need? Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing to your neck and shoulder. In the name of Jesus, I pray for that to be healed, Diana. And there it is right there. The power of God's on you. Hallelujah. What you need? Better prayer life. Huh? A better prayer life. A better prayer Well, Father, I just pray that my sister just begin to do what we've taught today and she'll come right up into a better prayer life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. What you need?
Hallelujah. Well, thank God. I said, thank God. Let's thank him just a minute. Thank you, Father, for giving us your word. Giving us your word. Your word to pray, your word to say, your word to speak, your word to meditate on us. We covenant with you now and commit to you now. Turn that down just a little bit back here for me, Mike. Thank you, sir. We covenant with you now and commit to be people of the word as never before. I'm including myself in this prayer. So, Father, we're serious about you and we're serious about accomplishing things for you and with you. And so to do that, we know we've got to become more word-minded and word-praying. And so, Father, I pray that you'll help everybody at whatever level they're at in their prayer life. We're not making fun of anybody, of course not. But we pray wherever they're at that this will extend their prayer life in a strong direction towards the Word. Once again, focused on the Word, focused on the things I shared with them to pray. Ephesians 1, Colossians 1. 2 Timothy 4, verse 18, the Lord delivers me from every evil work and preserves me unto the heavenly kingdom. And many other scriptures, Father, that we could pray. We're just grateful to you that you put your word into us, that you gave us your Bible, your word, your holy written word, whereby we could look things up and we could say them and speak them because we know they're eternal and they're godly and they're anointed words that you put on paper for us to make a difference in our life. We're so grateful, Father. Thank you for this church this morning. I thank you for it. I declare the words prevailing in this church. The word is growing in this church. The word is working in this church. And the power of God's being seen more and more in our church services and in our meetings. And we're grateful for that. Bless everybody we ministered to. I've agreed with them totally that they got what they came for today. And I thank you for everybody who came to hear the word today. I pray your blessing be upon them tonight, today, and the remainder of the day. Give them safety as they travel. The angels of God go with you to keep you safe in all of your travels. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.